Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. My name is JJ, and alongside my wife Liz, we get the honor of serving Journey Church as, as pastors. And um, today is a, a very special Sunday. It's a Legacy Sunday. And um, if you're a first-time guest, um, you might not know a little bit about what that is, and I'll explain what that is in a moment. But essentially, at the end of today's service, uh, Journey Church is going to be making, by Journey Church, I mean uh, some people here standing next to you are going to be making some of the biggest commitments we've ever made in our life. And if you're not used to church, it might seem like we're making commitments to a church, but it only looks like that. Really, we're not making a commitment to a church. We're making a declaration to the world. And it is a, a declaration of, of how God has used this church to change our lives, to impact us, to help us to fall in love with Jesus and what he's done in our families and what he's done in our homes and I know this is a little different than how we normally do a Sunday, but I want to take just a couple minutes to let you know what that declaration is, how Jesus changed our lives, especially uh, if it's your first time. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I told you my wife and I, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary. We got to go to Nevada, and we got to go to the Mojave Desert, which is very, very beautiful. I don't know what you think of when you think of a desert, maybe dry, barren, um, arid, not a lot of life. Well, if you go, you'll see it's not like that at all. I mean, it is dry, um, especially a Florida boy. You know, my skin was all cracking and stuff. I didn't have the humidity I needed to survive, but I made it. And, uh, and it was just beautiful. You know, there was so much life. Uh, you wouldn't think in a desert you'd find it, but there was so much life. And uh, we had our iPhone, and the list is always like, we should buy a professional camera. I'm like, we got an iPhone, got a fine. And uh, we saw some things. I want to show you two things we took pictures of that we saw out there. Uh, here's the first thing we took a picture of. Yes, that is not off the internet, okay? We were walking and there was a live tarantula crawling in the desert, which I thought was cool. Liz, on the other hand, rebuked the devil and uh, casted all his demons from, from this place. I was like, let's get closer, let's zoom in. She's like, let's go home, let's go home right now. I thought it was so cool. Uh, and, uh, and some of you right now are like itching right now, just in, just standing there watching this picture. So this is a picture I took. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was a great picture of life in the desert, how this animal could survive in such a dry and barren place. And then we saw something else that I thought was a miracle that it could survive. Here's the other thing that we saw. Now that just might look like seeds to you, but they're not normal seeds. They're actually seeds to a tree called the Joshua tree. It's called the Joshua tree because in the Old Testament, there's this... Um, man named Joshua who's fighting a battle and as long as Moses keeps praying for him with his hands lifted up he wins the battle and so the tree is called the Joshua tree because every tree has its arms lifted up like that so it's called the Joshua tree what I think is cool about these seeds is that these seeds can survive in this state catch this for 10 years for 10 years it's developed a survival mechanism and here's why because it doesn't always rain in the desert. 
So it's developed a way to survive in the desert so that when it does rain, and that's probably one of the most beautiful things you can see, the desert after the rain, all these seeds that have been buried, all these seeds that have been laid alone, as soon as the rain comes, all those seeds come to life and these trees are born. And the interesting about the seed is that scientifically, it's not dead, but also it's really not alive. Scientists have created a third term to describe it. They call it dormant. And as I reflected on this scene, I thought about you and me. I thought about humanity. I thought about everyone who, who's alive. And I thought, you know, there's so many people. They're not dead. They're going to work. They're going to school. They're coming to and from their jobs, to and from their homes. They got their families. They're not dead. But they probably wouldn't say that they're fully alive either. If that's you today, I want you to know there's a term for that. I think it's dormant. There's something inside of you that's ready to come out. There's something inside of you that's ready. And here's the only thing you need for that thing on the inside to spring up to life. Are you ready for the environment to change? You just need some water, some living water. And as we've been worshiping and as we've been singing the songs, already you can feel little drops on your soul. As the songs are playing, there's already something inside of you. There's a sprout. There's a, a little bit of life and you're not used to it. What is this? I want to let you know that that water, his name is Jesus. There was a woman in the Bible, um, she, she was at a well and she was pulling water. And uh, the Bible says she had five husbands that weren't really even her husband. So she had five dudes on the side. And uh, Jesus asked her to say, hey, where's your husband? She said, I don't have any. And he's like, that's right, you ain't got any because you got five and none of them will put a ring on it. Just like that, just cold-blooded. Jesus was cold-blooded. And I'm sure he said it with a smile because he's Jesus, you know. He was like, stop sleeping around. And, uh, and she said, man, you're a prophet. And he says, you know, and he goes this, he goes, you know what? You know why you're going to all those relationships? Because you're thirsty. Because you've been looking for water. We have a word for that in church. It's called sin. Now, I don't know what you think sin is. You might attach it to a behavior. But sin is not a behavior. Sin is a position of your heart. And it's a position where you try and get that water from anywhere else other than Jesus. And I want to tell you, maybe you've already experienced it. It didn't work. You went to that well and you were thirsty the next day. You went to that well and you were thirsty in the next relationship and thirsty in the next relationship. There's a way to quench that thirst and it's through coming into a relationship with Jesus. The environment changes. Your soul comes to life. You see the world. I met somebody recently who gave their life to Jesus two months ago because a friend invited them to church and we had our first meeting after salvation. And he's like, bro, he's like, it's like I can't, the world looks different. It's like I feel lighter. My diet hasn't changed. <laughs> I feel lighter. I see colors I've never seen before. I'm like, man, you've come alive. You were dormant your whole life. And now the environment's changed. And so maybe you weren't ready for this, but I wanted to share this with you now because I think there's people here today who came in and you would identify as being in a dormant state. You're not dead. You're moving around. You're walking. You're talking. But you're not fully alive. In a simple prayer, we can invite Jesus in our hearts and drink from the living water come to life once and for all so if that's you every head bowed and every eye closed i want to invite you when i count to three to shoot your right hand up to the sky as a signal saying yes jesus I, I, even when you say the name i feel like that's the thing i've been looking for it's been him you don't have to wait to the end of service you don't have to wait to the end of the preaching this was the gospel message this is why we come to church everybody here is giving because jesus has done this in their life so if that's you and you identify with what I just said, and you're like, Jesus, I need you to come into my heart right now. I need to come to life. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand. 
as a signal. Nobody's looking, so this is between you and the Lord. All over this room, on the count of three, shoot your right hand at the sky. One, this is between you and Jesus. Two, it's time to come to life. It's time to come to life, mom. It's time to come to life, son. It's time to come to life, friend. It's time to come to life, brother, sister. It's time to come to life. When I say three, drink from the water, living water, all over this room. One, two, three. Right now, go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. Come on, I see your hand. Come on, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Go ahead, put it down. Journey Church, pray this prayer with me. Worship team, would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, Father God I'm, dry. I'm dry. I'm dormant. And I need you to bring me back to life. Today, I can feel it in the room. There's water here. And I'm ready to sprout. Give me life. Today, I choose to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. In your name I pray. Amen. Journey Church, three hands were raised today. Come on. Give our lives to Jesus. A beautiful thing. You can do better than that. Come on. Come on. Raise your hand. Hey, this is what it's all about. This is why we do what we do. If you make that decision on the screen behind me, you're going to see a number. I want you to pull out your cell phone right now. I want you to text that number. Or you can take that worship guide you were handed and you can fill in the bottom and just click on that and say, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Here's why we want you to do that. Because we want to get some people around you. We want to do life with you. Nobody's going to show up at your house, but you will get a phone call so that you know we're walking with you. You're also going to get access to different Bible studies. You're going to get access to a book I wrote. We're going to throw a ton of resources at you just by sending us this message or filling in a card. Amen. Anyway, let's give God praise one more time. Come on. Three people making a decision for Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, hey, high five three people before you take their seat. Before you take your seat. <laughs> Not their seat. <laughs> Tell them, welcome to church. Well, anybody excited to be at church today? That was so weak. Anybody excited to be at church today? Where are all my fans of the cold weather? Come on. You got a jacket, and this is the only time you can wear that jacket. Hey, babe, can you give me that paper right there? This is the only time you can wear that jacket. It is sweater weather, as we call it in my house, sweater weather, it's fun to say, and, uh, and I'm excited, I'm excited for a ton of reasons, I'm excited because it is cold, and I do love the cold weather, props to everybody who came to church in the cold, that's what I'm talking about, you're like, I will get the Holy Spirit will heat me up, got the fire of God will warm me up, amen, I am pumped for the weather, I'm also pumped because today is a big day, I know I mentioned it before, but today is Legacy Sunday. And it is hard to believe, if you've been with us this whole way, that we are finally here. I want you to know that this might just be a day, but this day has actually been years of, it's the culmination of years of dreaming. It is the culmination of months of preparing and planning, and it is the culmination of six weeks of preaching. And it is going to be a life-changing day. It is going to be a history-making day. And the only thing that I'm more happy about being a part of it is you getting to be a part of it as well. I know that there are, there are days in my life I preach about forever. And if you've been our church for any length of time, we're like, we get it. She didn't love you. Now she loves you. You've told that story five times. Listen, when she chose to be my boyfriend, it shifted my life, okay? And so I preach about it all the time. I think what happens here today is going to shift. It's just going to be so huge. Um, and what it means for you, what it means for this church, and what it means for the city um, I'm, I'm excited that you're going to be a part of it. If you're a guest today, I think you picked the very best day to be with us. Because if you're looking for a church home and you're a guest at Journey, 
and you're a believer, you're probably wondering, is this the place for me? Is this a place that I can call home? Uh, but, uh, and, and so today you're going to find that out. And if you're just new to Christianity in general, you're like, hey, is Jesus for me? Is, is this whole Jesus thing uh, for me? And, and I want you to know uh, that today is going to be the proof that you need from the rest of us. Because today you'll get to see if the people who say they believe in God, if you get to see if we really believe what we say we believe in. And that's a huge moment. I have a friend who uh, has a great business. Her business is Horatio Printing. Uh, her name is Polly. Her and her husband, Luke, have a great planner uh, business that they, that they have, and they're doing so good with it. And um, she recently went to a, a conference with 10,000 women, and she was selling her planner at this conference, and this woman came to her and tried to cut her down to the lowest price possible. And then when she got Polly down to the lowest price possible, she asked her this question. She said, okay, okay, that's a good price. And this is what she asked her. She's like, but do you use it? And Father was like, yeah, I use it. And she was like, no, no, but do you really, really use it? And she was like, yeah, I really, really use it. And then she was like, no, no, but do you really, really, really use it? She's like, I invented it. <laughs> of course, I use it. And, you know, people like that sometimes can get on your nerves. But I got to admire them because what she's saying is before I invest in this, I need to know, do you really believe in this? And I think there are a ton of people who are looking at Jesus, who are looking at Christianity, who are looking at Journey Church and saying, hey, I don't mind investing. I'm willing to invest. But before I invest in it, I need to know the people who are using it, the people who are connected to him already. Are you really using him? Are you really in a relationship with him? Is he really impacting your life? Or is this just like a religion like any other religion? And I think when you see us make the investment that we're going to make today, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we believe what we believe in. You're going to find that out. Because for six weeks, we've been casting a vision called Don't Hold Back. We've shared that we believe God is calling us to move from this portable location into a permanent building that we believe is on the way sometime in the next two years, maybe sooner than later. We also believe that God's calling us to launch a second campus somewhere in Orlando to reach more people for Jesus Christ. And that initiative um, has led us to having two goals, one ultimate goal and one secondary goal. And the secondary goal is to raise the money to be able to make that happen. And that's $3.2 million that we believe we need to be able to accomplish those things in two years. And that number represents hundreds of families that are making huge sacrifices. I'm talking about families who have put off buying a home because they say, hey, we want to take the money that we've been saving for down payment and we want to give it to God. These are our families who are, are putting off upgrading their car. We're just going to lay hands on this engine and pray the Lord adds 100,000 more miles. We're going to take the money we've been praying for that upgrade. We're going to give it to a car. The money we've been saving for vacation, it's a huge, huge deal. But our ultimate goal has never been about the money. And if you've been here throughout the series, you know that our ultimate goal has been 100% participation. That is our ultimate goal because it's so more about money for us. It's about what God's going to do in and through your life because of the level of commitment that you take your faith to. In fact, when Liz and I could not sleep two nights ago talking about this, the thing we were most excited about, and we were talking about this when we were in the kitchen, she was like, I'm not excited the most about the building, and I'm not excited the most about this campus. What I'm most excited about is that there are people who have been at a low level of commitment with their relationship with Christ, and today, these were her words, not mine, she said, they're going to put a ring on it. They're going to put a ring on it. You know, we're all, if, if you believe in Christ, I'm talking to the Christians and the Christ followers here, we're all in a relationship with Jesus. But did you know that your relationship with Jesus can exist at different levels of commitment? You can be, you can be, you can be friends with Jesus. You could be dating Jesus. You can be engaged and married with Jesus. There are different, and how many people know it gets funner the higher the level of commitment you go? You know, if you do it God's way, you know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> It gets funner the higher commitment that you go. And we are so excited for you to get to that next commitment. There's a reason why engagement rings are expensive. They're, amen. You know what I'm talking about. There's a reason why. Did you know that most places that sell engagement rings don't offer return policies? 
Did you know that? Because she might say no. They don't want you to get their money back. <laughs> now, I think the reason is because when you buy it, you know that there's a level of commitment attached to what you invested in. And that's actually what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about commitment. And since our ultimate goal is participation at 100%, here's the title of my message. Are you ready? Here's the title. It's called Keep It 100. Yeah, depending on what side of the railroad tracks you grew up on, you might not pronounce that as 100. You might pronounce it as 100. Keep it 100. A lot of y'all grew up on the wrong side of the railroad tracks. Um, keep it 100. Keep it 100. And so I want to share with you a scripture. Mark chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. goes like this. Jesus is telling a story. It's on the screens behind me. If you don't have it, you can just read along with us on the screens. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat in it out on the lake. And while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Thorns is another word for weeds. So that weeds, I said weeds with an S, so that they did not bear grain. Verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil. Somebody say good soil. And it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Somebody say 100. 100 times what was sown. It is safe to say that we live in and are a part of a society that is averse to commitment. We do not like commitment. Amen? You're not going to support me on that? Okay, I'll prove it to you. All right. Uh, Liz and I, uh, how many people, raise your hand if your life was changed this week when you decided to subscribe to Disney Plus. Come on, just raise your hand if that's you. My people, my people. If you don't know what this is, this is life. All right, outside of Jesus, we subscribe for Disney Plus. I have been showing my kids every cartoon that I grew up with. We spent all Saturday, other than preparing for the sermon, we spent all Saturday. Show, I showed them five minutes of every 90s cartoon I grew up with, and then it shut it off, and then five minutes of the next. I'm just wanting them to like what I like. And uh, we know, my wife and I are huge Disney fans. We know that we're going to be Disney Plus subscribers for a long time. But when we first heard about it, they were offering like 50% off if... It was the cash. You sign up for five years. And I talked to Liz. I'm like, babe, 50% off, five years. She's like, five years? Jesus could come back and we'll still be paying. <laughs> the rapture could happen. We'll still be paying. I don't want to. She's like, I don't want to. And I'm like, I agree. I'm like, I don't want to commit for that long because you don't know where you'll be in two years, three years, Right? I'm, I'm, I'm be honest, I'm a little bit averse to commitment. Liz, maybe even, even a little bit more than me, uh, Liz is the kind of person who will go to Baskin Robbins and try out all 32 flavors with a little free sample spoon before she buys one. Because she knows that before she buys that money, she wants to be sure that it's the flavor that she wants. Yeah, if I'm going to commit to the cream, it needs to be the right flavor. <laughs> 
She, she, she taught me this. I didn't even know you could do this. She would go to Starbucks. She would order a drink that she'd never had before. And she would always ask the barista. She was like, if I don't like it, what do you always ask him? Can I return it? <laughs> and did you know that that's a policy at Starbucks? If not, you're welcome. <laughs> right there. You just made back your commitment card right there in Starbucks coffee. I should know because this is also the woman who made me wait six months in the friend zone before she would date me. I mean, she wouldn't even hold my hand for six months. I would try to just get a handhold in there. She would with the hand. I didn't even get a handhold in there. All right? And listen, it's not because she's averse to commitment, though. She doesn't mind committing, but she understands the realities of it. She understands that when I commit, I'm going to go all in because I'm not a halfway kind of person. And she understands that commitment is risky. Tell your neighbor, commitment is risky. It's very risky. Listen, I'm not hating on the guys who've been dating the girl for five years and haven't popped the question. I get it. Commitment is risky. You could invest all those years in a relationship and then not work out and waste all those years and you don't get all those years back. You might not even get the ring back. It's risky. I, I, I get it. People who are chasing a dream, I get the hesitation before you invest in opening that, 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 that business, before you're opening that company because you don't get your life savings back. Once you throw that seed, that seed is thrown, and you hope it works out, and you hope you get a return on your investment, but you got to know that once you throw that seed, it's gone. It's not coming back. If I'm going to commit, I got to commit, but commitment is risky. Once that seed is thrown, you don't get it back. Jesus says the sower commits four different times, four different times. The first time he commits, he sows seed, and he throws it on the path, and on the path, it gets attacked by the birds. The second time he throws seeds, it falls on shallow soil and the sun comes and it burns it up. The third time he throws seed, he throws seed and the weeds and the thorns, they choke it up because the competition is there. And so I wonder if there's anybody here who has ever committed and missed, has ever committed and been attacked, has ever committed and been burned, has ever committed and then been choked out by the competition. Is there anybody who's ever committed seed only to find that seed return nothing? Does anybody who's ever committed and missed threw it on the path? I wonder if you ever missed in a relationship, like you committed to this relationship, like you threw money at this relationship, you threw dates at this relationship, you threw kisses and heart eyes emojis at this relationship, you threw time at this relationship, you threw years at this relationship, you threw a wedding certificate at this relationship, only to find out years later that there was no return on the investment. I wonder if anybody's ever thrown seed and been attacked, you know, like you finally commit, like you finally come to church and you're like, I'm not just going to go to church anymore. I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to get, I'm going to start serving on the dream team. And the moment you do that, all hell breaks loose on your life. Things were fine when I was just sitting. Now that I'm serving, my car broke down. My kids are sick. I'm, I'm sewing, but there's no return. On my investment. Have you ever committed to miss, committed to be attacked? I wonder, have you ever uh, uh, committed and been burned? You know what I'm talking about? Like maybe there was a, 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 a parent who abandoned you when you grew up, and they call you up years later, and they say, hey, you know, I want to get connected to the family again. And you're like, well, you know, you got a drinking problem, and the last time I let you in my life, you burned me. I don't think I should introduce you to my kids, but you know what? Let's start talking. And then you start talking, and you start emailing, and then you start going out to lunch. And you're like, okay, I think it's time to invite you to the kids. And the moment you invite them home for Christmas, they're a no-show. Burn them, just like they burned you when you were younger. 
I wonder if you ever committed and been choked out by the competition. You started that business, you invested, and as soon as you did, somebody came up with the same business idea you did, except they're better, they're growing faster, and now all the resources that you needed to grow, they're not there. You committed, but you missed. Three out of four times you threw your seed. You threw 75% of your seed and got nothing. And a normal person after back-to-back-to-back failures would give up at that point. But here's what I came to tell you. If you had given up at 75% of your seed, you would have missed the harvest. Because what took root And what grew and what produced fruit wasn't the first 75, it was the last 25. If you're taking notes, here's this, and you can write this down. Commitment doesn't work at 75. Commitment doesn't work at 75. Listen, commitment is the key. But you know, if you put a key 30% into a door, it doesn't open. If you put a key 75% into a door, it doesn't open. Until, it's until the key is 100% in, all the way in, can you unlock the door to what God has for you. Can I keep it real? Your marriage, if, if you're married or even if you're single, you're thinking about getting married, your marriage isn't going to work at 75. It's not going to work at 75. I got a good friend who, who reached out to me recently. Him and his wife have been separated for some time, and now she called back, and she wants to get back together, but he's got some issues, some trust issues, and he's like, is it wrong for me? Is it possible to love her but to keep these walls up? In other words, he's saying, can I love her, but can I love her at 75? And I told him, I said, listen, in the beginning, you need to because it's wisdom. You don't know if she's changed yet, but if that's your plan long term, it's not going to work because love doesn't work at 75. And let me just say this for maybe marriages that have fallen apart. It takes 100% to give 100%. In other words, both people got to give 100 in order for it to work. It doesn't work if one person's at 100 and the other person's at 75. Your dreams. How many people got dreams in this building? How many of you got dreams? Can I tell you something about your dreams? Your dreams aren't going to work at 75. And there are people here today, the reason why you haven't reached your dream isn't because you don't have dreams. It's because you have 10 dreams, but you haven't been able to commit to one. Unless you give 100 to that one dream, that dream is never going to come to pass. Can I tell you something that is theologically accurate but socially uh, controversial? Jesus doesn't work at 75. One time he was in his hometown, and the Bible said he could do no miracles because the people had no faith. He was there, and he was ready, but he couldn't do it because they weren't living at 100. You got to give a hundred for this thing to work. And therein lies the problem, right? Because when it comes to the harvest, in order to see a harvest, I have to risk losing all my seed. But here's the catch. You won't see the harvest unless you lose all your seed. Did you catch that? You got to risk losing all your seed if you're going to see commitment bring its fruit, but you won't see it bring its fruit unless you do lose all your seed. In other words, your biggest fear is what's required. You got to lay it all out. You got to let it all go. You got to give it up. It's the only way commitment works. And so let me encourage you, stay committed. You might not see success overnight, stay committed. You might not be changing all the way, stay committed. That, that hobby might not be a career yet, stay committed. Your book's been rejected by publisher after publisher, stay committed. You love your kid and you're trying to help them, but everything you say comes in one ear and one out ear, and you're thinking about putting them up for adoption, stay committed. <laughs> stay committed. Stay committed. You got to stay committed because it isn't until the last 25% that God does what he said he would do in your life. You got to stay committed. 
But what am I staying committed for? I'm investing in this relationship and I'm not seeing a return. I'm investing in this business, I'm not seeing a return. I'm investing in my health, I'm not seeing a return. Why would I stay committed? I'm wasting, I'm wasting my seed. I'm wasting my prime. I'm wasting my creativity. I'm wasting my time. Why would I stay committed when I haven't seen the return of my investment? I'm wasting, and let me tell you this right now, don't you dare call it a waste. It is never a waste. Did you see Mark chapter, Mark 4, 8? Did you see the last verse of that story? Throw it up one more time. Mark 4, 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and grew and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. What was what? What was what? If you don't read that carefully, it goes over your head. Because if you don't read that carefully, you think that it was a hundred times what landed on the good soil. But he didn't say that he multiplied a hundred times what landed on the good soil. He said he multiplied a hundred times what was sown. I, I, I met with a, with a pastor the other day. We were having lunch, and, uh, and his church is, is growing, and I thought it was so cool. I wanted to meet with him, and I wanted to encourage him, but I also wanted to be encouraged by him. He is a pastor here in Orlando, and we went out to eat, and I said, so, man, you guys are getting a building. We're, getting, we're thinking about getting a building. Tell me about it. How's your experience been? How long have you guys been in church? This was the answer to me. He said, six years. He said, but we don't count the first three. I said, how come? He goes, we didn't know what we were doing the first three years. We didn't have no dream team. We didn't have no system. We didn't have next steps. We didn't have any market for three years. We just struggled and labored. And for three years, we didn't see nothing. We don't count the first three years. So six, but we don't count the first three years. Well, you might not have counted it, but God counted it. Because in order to give 100% of what was sown, that means that every seed that fell and fell away, every seed that the bird swallowed up, every seed that was burned, every seed that seemingly seemed wasted, every failure you don't want to count, every tear you want to forget, he kept a ledger in heaven and he is keeping in account of them because when it comes time to multiplication, he's not just going to multiply what worked, he's going to multiply what didn't. He's counting everything. All those nights you spent crying, every tear that hit the ground. He was like, one, two, three, four. I need to keep a count. The angels are like, why are you going to keep a count? Because they sow tears, but they reap laughter. So if he's crying three times today, that means next year he's going to laugh 300 times because that's how I am. I'm going to multiply what was sown. I'm going to multiply. And that means that every time you send an email and that email was for your, and it never came back, they pretended like they didn't get the email, but you know they got the email because you got the software that tells you that they read the email, but they didn't click the link. Every dead email that never gets returned that you thought got lost in cyberspace, God counted it because he's going to return it to you in the next season. Every broken relationship, every heartbreak, the things you want to erase off of your charts, like, no, 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 no. You better tell the whole story because when you tell the whole story, what I do at the end of your life is going to look even greater because that's what I do it. Uh, you sow tears, but I reap laughter. You sow brokenness, but I reap breakthrough. You sow failure, I reap success. Everything that you sow that seems painful, I reap healing. I reap deliverance from it. I'm just telling you, you might have plowed the ground on your knees, but you're going to reap with a leap when God does what he does in your life, he's going to turn it around. But only if you go the whole way. People say, well, I don't like commitment because every time I commit, I lose. That's not why you haven't been able to do everything God called you to do. Not because every time you commit, you lose. Because every time you lose, you quit. It's a different dynamic. 
If you just keep sowing, if you just keep working it, if you just keep believing it, it's not until the last 25. I believe it. Here's what the Bible says. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Then, uh, not, not that one, sorry. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You got to throw your seed. You got to go all in. Each of you. Somebody say each of you. Should give. That's 100%. God says keep it 100 each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't sow like it's the last time you're going to see your seed. Don't sow like it's the last time you're going to. You, the only reason why you would sow your life into something and be sad about it is if you thought you'd never see that. But you will see that in a different form. It goes in a seed, but it comes out tomatoes. You know, I don't know why I said tomatoes, but you know what I'm talking about? Don't be sad. You're going to see that failure again later on in life, but in a different form. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you, are you ready for this, abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know what I love about God? He keeps it 100. When he blesses you, he doesn't bless you in a mediocre way. He doesn't bless you halfway. He doesn't bless you a part of the way. When he chooses to bless your life, he blesses you all the way. He blesses you 100% in every aspect of your life and every need that you have. That's the kind of God that I serve. I believe that, and I'm not the only one who believes that. I want to show you a short video. We have some, some people at the church who believe that. Last week, we did something really special. We had um, the kids, our journey kids, give to Don't Hold Back. And what I love about the, the kids, and the Bible says, is that they have faith. And so we've been telling these kids about the power of generosity, and, uh, and they've been like, believe in it. I mean, that's one of the things my son said. I told you, he gave his whole life savings to don't hold back. And I was like, and I told him, why do you do it? He's like, I love God. But you know what he told me after that? I didn't want to tell you this last week because I thought you'd think he was materialistic. But he goes, he goes, dad, he goes, I'm going to get it all back anyway. <laughs> but he didn't say, he said without a flinch because he has that childlike faith. He believes it. So our children gave, they believe it. But we also had this special event called Advanced Commitment Night. And a lot of people came and it was a special night. And it was people who believe that what they sow comes back, believe that in order for God to do the miracle in their life, they want to go 100%. So I want to show you just a little bit of our children and a little bit of this uh, group of people, this church family that took that step of faith.
God that listen makes him move. I chose to give to Don't Hold Back because I found love at Journey Church. I found that God loves me and I found a community of people that love me at Journey Church. It feels like home and I want others to be able to experience that as well. I'm giving to Don't Hold Back because I believe that everything that I have belongs to God. So if I can just give him back for people to come to Christ, to know his love, his joy, I will do it without a question. Also, God is my everything and I will love for him to be that to other people as well. We're giving to Don't Hold Back because we want to leave a legacy for our daughter and future children. We believe in the vision of Journey Church leadership to create a place where Jesus can be accessible to anyone. I'm giving to Don't Hold Back um, because I feel like God is really tugging me to go beyond um, my regular tithings. I'm pretty obedient with tithings, but I feel like God is calling me to take an extra leap of faith and just be all in with um, everything that I have to give Him. We want to give to Don't Hold Back because we want to see breakthrough in our family, our community, and the future of Journey Church. I'm giving to Don't Hold Back because Journey Church gave me a space to thrive and grow spiritually and emotionally and intellectually, and I want to be able to invest that back into the future generation. I'm giving to Don't Hold Back because I believe in family and taking ownership of that family and giving back to that family and I really want others to experience the same family that I found here. Giving to Don't Hold Back because I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I'm giving to Don't Hold Back because it means so much to me when I know that the money that I'm giving goes to like Ethiopia and like wells and like book bags and all the things that I wish I could have done I guess. Um, myself and I'm giving to don't hold back because I want to be a part of my brother's dream and the dream that he wants to be a part of and the dream that that guy wanted to be a part of um, I'm giving to don't hold back because I've never felt better giving I feel more like I'm getting uh, and receiving and and I'm giving to don't hold back for my kids and for their future I've got one more verse I want to read to you. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 31. It's on the screen behind us. Mark 10, 17 through 31. It's a story Jesus shares. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You're going to find out in a moment that this young man is rich. He's got affluence. He's got influence. He's got finances. And what I think is interesting is that he has everything that the world would consider success. And even having everything that the world would consider success, he says, but I feel like something's missing. How about that? Jesus, can you point to that thing? What's missing? I feel like my life, eternal life, I feel like it's not fulfilled. It's not complete. Verse 19, Jesus says, do you know the commandments? You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony or lie. You shall not defraud. Don't cheat. Honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. You know what the young man's saying? He's saying, oh, religion? Yeah, it doesn't work for me. I've done all that, but I still feel empty. I've come to church and I've had this low level of commitment relationship with this body and it's not really working for me. There's got to be something else. What is it, Jesus? Verse 21, I love this. Jesus looked at him, say those words with me, and wow, looked at him and loved him. That means that what is about to proceed comes from a place of love. You need to understand that or else you can question his motivation. 
when he asks the young man to do what he's about to ask him to do, it's coming from a place of love. He's not asking this from the young man. He's asking this for the young man. One thing you lack, Jesus said, go, sell everything you have, don't hold back, and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me, follow me. That was his last word, follow me. Because Jesus wasn't looking for a prophet, he was looking for commitment. I want to get to a deeper level. What you're missing is a superficial level of faith that you've been experiencing me on. But there's a deeper level that is connected to your level of sacrifice and commitment. And I want you to get there with me. Look at verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. My heart breaks. It breaks anyone who walks into this room and doesn't experience God, anybody who walks into this room and experiences God, because I think you experience him when you walk in here, but walks away from their experience sad, not because God wasn't willing, but because we were. That key to the encounter, it's not just meeting him. It's now what are you going to do with them? Now what are you going to do with them? The young man was unwilling to make that. But Peter, who lived his life on 100. Peter, I'm talking about Peter who jumped out the boat and walked on water. Peter, who when the, when the guard tried to arrest Jesus, chopped off the ear of the guard. Peter lived his life on 100. Here's what he says. He's also a bit of a bragger. He says in verse 28, he goes, ooh, ooh, Jesus, we left everything to follow you. We left it all, Jesus. We didn't hold back. Jesus says this to him, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive how much how much a hundred times as much in this present age homes brothers sisters mothers children in the fields along with persecutions and in the age to come i love that he includes persecution because what he's saying hey before we get into this give to get mentality know that commitment doesn't alleviate us from challenges that we're going to face in this world so don't think that a sacrifice means i'm not going to i'm going to go through life easy peasy but what i will do is i'm going to sandwich your persecution with blessings i'm going to bless you in this life so you got persecutions in the middle along with persecutions but look how he sandwiches the tough times on the front end, he says, in this present age, and look what he's going to bless. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers. You know what he didn't say there? He didn't say money. Because he's not out to just bless your bank account. He's out to bless your life. He's out to bless your kids. He's out to bless your marriages. He's out to bless your city, your fields. He doesn't just want to bless you financially. He wants you to live a blessed life. And if that wasn't enough, he says, and I'm not just going to bless you on the front end. I'm going to bless you on the back end too and in the age to come. I just want you to know I cannot wait to see God. I don't know how it works. I don't know if there's a line. I don't know if it's like Chipotle, just wrapped around. I'm pretty sure God's got a great system for dealing with everybody. It's gonna go quickly. I don't know. I just, when I get there and he's like, what do you have to say for yourself? Like, I get emotional thinking about it because I don't know that I can say I lived the best. I know I made mistakes. I can't say that I, you know, I never cussed or I never lied or I never cheated or I never stolen or I never did a bad thing. But here's what I know I will be able to say. 
with 100% of my heart, I will be able to say I wasn't perfect, but I didn't hold back either. I gave it my all. Whatever that amounts to in heaven, God, you, you can work with that. But what God gave me on this planet, everything that I had, I gave it back to you. And so you do with that what you think is just and right. I wish I could have done more, but, but I gave it my all. I gave it my all. That's why, I don't know, baby, you can join me on stage. That's why it's a joy for us to say and be the first to commit. I know that you, um, you probably heard this uh, a couple weeks ago, but my wife and I are not holding back. We, we sold everything to start this church four years ago, three and a half years ago. And uh, during Don't Hold Back, God called us to give an even bigger offering. And, um, and so for the next two years, which is the length of our commitment, we've decided that we're going to be tithing what is equivalent of 25% of our income for two years. God only asked for 10, but we don't want to hold back. We want to give above and beyond. That's not easy. Writing those checks will not be easy. I put it on auto pay so I don't have to see it. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's a joke, but it's actually true. <laughs> it's a big offering. It's scary. I made that commitment in front of you before we even ran the numbers. I went back home to Liz and I was like, babe, I said this. Can we do this? And we, we stretched it out and we figured out a way to make it happen. And, uh, and, and we're doing it. And we're excited about it. We're cheerful about it. We, keep, we, we always dreamed about being in a place where we could give generously. And so I'm going to ask all the hosts, if you would, to grab those commitment cards. And when you walked in, you were handed one. This is our commitment card right here. And um, if you were handed one in, I want you to pull it out. I want to pray with you. If you weren't handed one, would you do me a favor? Um, even if you don't plan on giving today, would you do me a favor? Just raise your hand. I want to put it in your hand. Would you, if you didn't get one, if you didn't get a commitment card, keep your hand up. We want to beat you with a commitment card and a pen. Keep it high if you don't have one. You should have all gotten one when you came in, but if you don't have one, uh, go ahead. And we've got some hands here in the front. Keep your hand up. We'll find you. We've got a pen in it. If you don't have a pen, we'll get you a pen. Um, if you don't know what this commitment card is, I'm going to show you how we walk through it. This is a two-year commitment. And uh, for example, and this is how it works. This helps you find your two-year number, what you're giving over two years. I did this two weeks ago. I want to do it again just for those who weren't there. Let's say you, as, a, as a couple, you and your wife, you and your husband, you make $6,000 a month. So we will tithe. That's 10% of that. That's $600. That's where it begins. So you begin with the tithe, 10%. You multiply that times 12. That's a year of giving for you. That's amazing. That's awesome. But you say, you know what? I'm going to go above and beyond. So even though my family and I give $600, we are going to give half that in addition. So we're going to add another $300 a month to that number, multiply it times 12. That's the addition. So in one year, we're giving $10,800. And that's your one-year total. You put that on the left. But since this is a two-year commitment, you can multiply that times two. And you end up at $21,600. But let's not stop there. You say, you know what? I've been saving up money. I've been saving up a down payment for that home. But I feel like God's put it in my heart. I want a home, but instead of building my home, I want to build his home. I want to give back to him. I want to take this thing that I've been saved. I want to give it like an offering, like an alabaster jar. Let it sing to you, God. All I have, all my heart, all I own belongs to you. And so let's say you've saved up $10,000 for that. But God's put it in your heart. I want to give that. And you would add that. And then your total would be $31,600. That would be over two years. Over two years. Over two years. And so our number is pretty big. And, uh, and we're excited to lead the way in that. And, uh, and so what we're going to do for a moment, um, Liz is going to pray. After Liz prays for your offering, here's what we're going to do. The band is going to keep this jam they got going. 
for about three minutes, four minutes, and here's your opportunity to just talk about it. We've been so big about not having pressure, and we've been giving you a heads up for a long time, so we don't want to, I want you to be able to talk about it, think about it. If you came here with the husband and wife, talk to him. If you came here with your accountant, ask him, you know, whatever you got to do, take some time, think about it, fill out that card, and then in about three or four minutes, whenever you're done, some people already bought their card. Liz met a family in the lobby, it's been coming for eight months, came to church with their card already, ready to give. If you have your card already, as soon as Liz says amen, you can bring it up and you can put it in one of the buckets. But we do want to give you time to think and pray. Then the worship team is going to lead us into one more song because we want this to be worship. How many people know it is money, but it's not about money. This is worship. I'm, I'm so glad we get to give this thing. If you're a first-time guest today, obviously, we're not, we're not asking you to give unless you feel the Lord put it on your heart. Put it on your heart. Um, if you came today and you weren't expecting to give, and maybe times are tough for you. I believe that this is a part of God's plan for your life. And I believe you can trust him. He will bless you. He will bless you in every way and always. And so that's what we're going to do in the remainder of our time we have today. I'm going to ask Liz to pray. And then we'll go ahead into this song here. Some music. And we'll let God do what God does. If y'all could just bow your heads so we can pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for today, my God. We thank you for this Legacy Sunday. We thank you for every person that's here and every person who's already given to the legacy offerings, my God. Lord, we pray right now for every person that's writing down their offerings, God, that you would place it in their hearts, what amount they need to give, my God. And I pray for every person that gives that you would bless them, my God. Lord, that they would be cheerful givers, my God. And if they're praying for a family, if they're praying for... We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.